Every single physical product, washing machines, bicycles, cars, they're all going to go through the same exact journey that software industry has gone through over the last 20 years. And so you're just going to see that. You're going to see the whole physical world wake up and basically get merged into the digital world, into these broader subscription services. This is essentially what Uber is, right? Bringing all the cars into the digital economy. And, and, and so it's going to happen. It's going to happen in every single industry. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the SaaS Revolution show brought to you by SaaS Talk, the conference that helps SaaS companies get traction, growth, and scale. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and I'll be looking at what it really takes to build and grow a SaaS company today and how founders and entrepreneurs stay healthy on the journey. Now on with the show. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show, uh, Tian Zhu, uh, CEO and co-founder of Zora. Welcome, Tian. Thanks, Alex. Great to be here. Great to have you on the uh, on the podcast. This is uh, ahead of you uh, speaking at SaaS uh, yeah. This week, you'll be, I think, closing out the show on Thursday, uh, the 15th of October. So delighted to uh, to have you speak at a, a SaaS conference uh, um, uh, at last. Uh, I think it's, um, I've, I've been uh, speaking to your team in EMEA for, for years. This will be the, the, the fourth SASDOC conference in terms of flagship, yeah. um, and we've been trying to get you to Dublin, uh, but I understand that, you know, as a CEO of a public company, the stars need to align, uh, and you've got to be in Europe at the right time, And uh, but now we're online with the online conferences that we've seen, obviously, it's more, more accessible sure. to, uh, to get CEOs of public Absolutely. conferences, yeah. so delighted to... One of the nice side benefits of what's going on right now, so pleasure to be here. I know we've been a big supporter. It's, it's good to join the conference myself. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. So, so Tim, um, uh, we always start with finding out a little bit more about our guest. Uh, sure. Tell us who, who is uh, Tim Zhu. Uh, who am I? Um, well, uh, I think uh, I'm on the show primarily in the role of founder and CEO of a company called Zora. We really power some of the best subscription businesses around the world. I started this just over a decade ago. Um, my journey with subscriptions and with SaaS has been a 20-year journey. I started off at Salesforce.com in 90, 1999. And on, on a personal side, um, you know, I, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and fell in love with technology probably in the 80s, right, with, with, with the IBM PC, and have really stayed in the software industry my entire career. So it's been a, a, a great to, to, to be uh, in an industry that, that we're all really, really passionate about, and, um, and, and really glad to see we take sort of the, the lessons that we've learned from the industry over the last 20 years and apply it really to all sorts of companies around the world. You were previously CMO uh, and Chief Strategy Officer at, at Salesforce, and yeah. tell us a little bit about that journey, and uh, uh, I guess the journey maybe to, uh, to to those roles within Salesforce, and then what led you to founding Zora, leaving Salesforce to start your own company. Well, my Salesforce journey was early. It was 1999, and um, I had been one of the folks that just just played with the internet in, in in the early days. I was at Oracle, I think, when the browser. Uh, this is going to be going back to Mosaic Communications first came out and Oracle was one of the companies that really embraced the internet. Uh, actually, Mark Benioff was the person at Oracle that did it the most. And so fast forward to 99, uh, you know, at the time, it was, it, was, it was in the throes of the dot-com boom. Uh, there was Webvan, there were Pets.com, right? It, it, all, all these companies that were, were, were trying to reinvent the world. Probably, you know, probably about five, 10 years too early. Uh, honestly, right? And a lot of the themes are, are huge successes now. Um, but I thought I really wanted to be an internet company. Uh, but I, with my software background, with my enterprise software background, I was looking for something that was combining enterprise software 
with the internet. Found this company called salesforce.com. It had just come out of stealth mode. The website was three pages. It had some clip art on it. I sent my email, my resume to cool jobs at salesforce.com. Next thing you know, I'm in Benioff's house since there were no offices yet. And I joined when it was, you know, it was about 10, 11 people, uh, pre-product, pre-customer. Um, and, you know, if you simplify it down, Salesforce is really about two things about trying to figure out how to use a new technology model, right? The internet, SaaS, cloud computing, to, to rethink software and to try to fix a lot of the things that we thought were broken about software. But just as important to that and hand in hand with that was this idea of using a new business model, right? A new business model, we called it pay-as-you-go, subscription-based business models, the idea that you didn't have to you know, send millions and millions of dollars on Siebel up front. You can simply just pay $50 a month, I think is what we started with, uh, and, and, and get going. And the journey, you know, whether it was product, whether it was marketing, whether it was it was running the strategy function the last three years, was to 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 figure out how to disrupt the industry with this new business model. And obviously, you know, in hindsight, we were pretty successful at that. And so, fast forward now to 2007, we said ourselves, I said ourselves, me and my co-founders, uh, who were from WebEx, same, you know, very similar journey, and said, is um, is subscriptions really just a software thing? Right. Or can it really apply to anything? And, and we looked around and we said, look, let's look at cars. There's a service called Zipcar. And there's lots of folks in urban centers and universities that just, you know, there's no reason to buy a car. You simply uh, subscribe to Zipcar. Uh, we looked at Netflix, uh, which was just you know, mailing out DVDs at the time. Right. The little red envelopes just in the U.S. And we said, um, you know, there, there looks like there's millions of people out there that haven't bought a DVD in, in years. And, and so, so it's this really the same theme. So if it can happen in transportation, if it can happen in media and entertainment, if it's happening in software, why can't it happen in all industries? And so we started Zora really to help the best companies in the world win in the subscription economy. If you look at our revenues now or our customer base now, probably only about half of it is, is, is high tech. And so we power eight of the top 10 car manufacturers. We power uh, media streaming services like The Zone or, or, or Fox Sports, Kayo down, down in Australia. Um, IOT has been a big, big driver of us as the whole physical world really gets into, into the game as well. But, but we really believe that any company could be a subscription business model. And we believe that what we're witnessing is the end of ownership, right? You didn't have to buy software. You don't have to buy cars. Pretty soon you won't have to buy anything. You can simply subscribe to the services that you need. Can you share some insights into what a CEO of a, of a public company like Zora does for learning to just ensure that you know you're on the top of your game and can be the, the best CEO that you can be. Yeah. So the way I think about it is is you know we have this whole concept that we call the CEO. Like we call ourselves CEOs. Every employee is or as a CEO, and the whole idea really is to say, look, you know, we're not interested in building a hierarchical command and control top-down system, right? That, that no, no one's inspired by that. We all want to be ourselves. We all want to bring our best you know, selves to work. We all want to be empowered and capable and do the best work. Now that doesn't require you know, heavy, heavy amount of collaboration, right? So we're not you know, all on an island, but we want to see ourselves all as CEOs. And so I have to ask myself, just like everybody else in the company, what is a unique thing that I bring into the equation, right? You know, I, I shouldn't be, I don't know, writing code or, 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 you know, closing deals. I'm certainly involved in a lot of those type of things, right? But, but, but different people will own different things. I think, you know, what, what I have to bring, one, is to set the tone and the culture of the company. 
And so there has to be a self-reflection in how, you know, how I am, how I act, the values that I drive, because those values will permeate through the organization. And the second is to understand what's going on in, in the marketplace. All right. And I'm not alone in that, but that's a big, big part of what we do. So I spend a lot of time, you know, talking to customers, talking to partners, right. Um, um, joining events where they're thinking about where the world is going and, um, and, you know, looking at where other technology companies are going, try to learn right from outside of the industry where, you know, the media sector is one sector that we love to, to, to pay attention to. It's all, you know, colliding, if you will. And so uh, you have to spend, you know, call it 10, 20% of your time, right? Just, just external learning about what's going on in the marketplace if you're going to uh, be running a company. Would you, would you say it's fair to say that you, you play the visionary role rather than the, the, the sort of integrator as, as now that, you know, you're, well, you're hyperscaling and, you know, have been? Yeah. So we actually have a, a leadership development framework we call Z Leadership. And it actually looks at people and using factor analysis, you know, are you, are you a leader that drives by vision? Are you a leader that drives through relationships? Are you a leader that drives through execution? And if you look at the different leaders, um, you know, presidents, CEOs, you can sort of see people have different styles, right? Jack Welch was pure execution. Mike Whitman was relationships, right? Steve Jobs' vision. Uh, being a founder, right, of, of a tech company, the founders skew very heavily towards vision. And, and, and so you're absolutely right, right? I, that, that is my leadership style. And I find that, that as the company gets bigger, that dimension actually winds up growing, right? Because you play to your strengths and you really let folks that are, you know, I'm not terrible at execution, but there are people that are just rock stars at execution. Uh, and you want, you, know, you want them to really, really play that role. We've been asking all our guests this year, and, and I think um, fairly, I guess, obviously, about how they've been affected by, you know, the challenges of 2020 and the, the, the pandemic. Uh, and so just curious to know how Azura has been affected uh, by the pandemic and uh, how have your customers been affected also? Yeah, 2020 is going to go down in history as, 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 as an incredibly you know, stressful different year. I think, you know, these type of situations also can bring out the best, uh, the best in people, the best in companies. And so let me maybe tackle that in, in, in two dimensions. When it comes to ourselves, um, you know, just, just, just an enormous amount of empathy is, is ultimately what's, what's really, really called for, right? And so you just got to understand, right, what people are going through, the situations they're having. Look, it is across the board, right? We have, um, we have folks that, that, that all of a sudden are finding themselves at home, you know, with kids they haven't seen in a while, they're teenagers, right, or uh, preteens. And you know they're, they're they're nesting and they're actually really really thriving. And then we have folks that 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 are young kids, you know, alone at home, you know, elderly parents, and 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 they're struggling, right? And and really, you know, building a bridge for the whole company. We're fortunate enough to be a subscription-based business model, so there's a certain amount of resiliency with our business. Um, we have a double layer of resiliency. We're a subscription business. Our customers, by definition, are all subscription businesses, and so. How do we translate the stability of our company, the fortune that we have into, into a foundation that helps you know, our, our employees and, 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 and not just our employees, but our community, our customers and all, 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 everything else through this, this current situation. I think that's been the guide right, that, 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 that we follow, right? So stability, guide, you know, help, help to be a source of stability to help our entire stakeholder community through the current situation. We look at our customers, it's the same thing. We're fortunate enough, or they're fortunate enough to be in a subscription-based business model. And so when we did the analysis and we had a lot of data, and one of the things that we were able to do is share a bunch of this data, right? To help get, you know, 
every one of our customers, these are what everybody else is doing. These are the patterns, these are the trends, these are the tools that we can give you uh, to successfully navigate this thing. But what we found was half, uh, the companies were relatively unaffected, right? Their subscriber growth rates did not change meaningfully since the shelter in place situation versus say the previous 12 months. Um, about 20% of the customers actually accelerated, right? You know, they just hit the sweet spot. You know, think of Zoom, think of Fender Play, so think of e-learning, think of video streaming, right? These, they think of collaborative tools. Uh, these, these, these services just, just, just rock. And some of these folks grew like 10x, right? I mean, Zoom is a good example. Um, and, but then even the companies that were negatively affected, a lot of them were actually still growing. They're just growing at a slower rate. I mean, what an awesome you know, situation to be in. And this year when you're seeing entire industries wiped out where you're saying, look, you know, my, my challenge right now is I'm just not growing as fast as I was, right? But that's, 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 that's actually a great position to be in. And the last group that actually is shrinking a little bit, what we're finding is that the, the stability of the subscription-based business model means that their revenues are not going to disappear overnight. The customers are all not going to cancel their subscriptions, right? There's, there's, you know, people are still actually paying, you know, AOL $20 a month for, for something or another. And so, you know, these things have a certain amount of resiliency and inertia to it. And it gives them time to really pivot and adjust. And because they know who their customers are and they're in constant communications, there's a relationship they have with their customers. A lot of them are actually successfully navigating the current situation. So I think what we're finding is companies are really waking up to the power of this business model. It's something that I think SaaS companies, right? You know, this audience here takes for granted, if you will, right? But 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 we shouldn't. We should really be be counter blessings that we have a resilient model that we can navigate through, and it's been a, a huge source of advantage for the SaaS industry. What have been your biggest lessons as a leader throughout this year that that you could share? Uh, it's going to be I I extreme empathy. I mean, if you look back at this year, right, every month there's there, there, there's there's something else, right? There's especially here in the U.S. There's social protests, there's wildfires, there's hurricanes, right? And it's it's not about to be over, right? We we could have a pretty contentious uh, election season coming up here in the U.S. And so you just got to recognize that what people are going through, and you got to take it back to I'd say extreme empathy and extreme unity. Right, and you can't have unity without empathy. And, and so what is the common foundation? What is the common mission? What is the common vision that we all can share? And how do we support each other to achieve that vision and mission? You, you mentioned uh, previously, just obviously about um, SaaS companies and subscription businesses being pretty resilient you know, uh, in, in these times. Yeah. Uh, and you say that there's certainly some SaaS companies like Zoom who have 10X and Shopify and uh, you, you know, some others. Why, why do you think uh, SaaS is in some ways thriving? Like, aside from, let's say, the, the resiliency, why are we seeing necessarily this 10x growth in, uh, in many of these uh, sort of businesses? Well, what we're witnessing, we believe, is a trend that we call the end of ownership. And it's, um, and, and, you know, shifts in behavior typically take a long time, right? When we talk about the end of ownership, typically the first reaction we get is, why would I stop owning things? It's so intrinsic to how we grew up and how we're taught, uh, you know, less and less so when you go into the younger generation, certainly. Um, but then you stop and think about it, right? That, that, that you, you know, your need to buy a car has shrunk ever since these ride-sharing services have been around, right? You haven't bought a DVD, you haven't bought a CD, uh, I still see people that when they first signed up for Apple Music, and it's been a while, right, or Spotify, they still buy a few songs and they realize, hey, why, why am I doing that? This doesn't make any sense. I've got access to the whole library 
uh, of songs. And then they realized it's actually a much better model, right? Just sticking with the music example, when you had say $15 before, you could buy one CD, you could buy 10 songs a month. And now with that same $15 a, a, CD, you know, a month, you can buy, you can listen to anything, right? You can start exploring songs you've never heard before, exploring artists, you know, getting guided by, 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 by your peers and other playlists. And so it's simply a much, much better model, but it takes time for people to understand it. So then you have this shelter in place thing that forced everybody into that situation. I can't go out. And so I, all I can do is tap into the services that, that, that I have. And so you're just seeing this, this massive acceleration in, in, in this shift. Uh, our companies are saying, look, I don't want to buy on-premise software, right? It doesn't make any sense. I can't. So I might as well go to the SaaS thing. And I think that's the primary reason. And that's why this is not, this is not a, um, you know, this is not a, a, a pendulum that's going to swing back, right? This is a permanent shift into the future. And, and we simply just did it in, in, in a quarter, you know, what normally might have taken three to five years. Do you think like all businesses will become subscription businesses uh, in, in the future? Or, or oh, absolutely. They, they, don't, they don't have a choice. They may not realize it, but they don't have a choice, right? Because if they don't, somebody else will, and their customers are going to say, gosh, you know, using that service is a lot, a lot better than dealing with the hassles of ownership. I'm just going to shift over there. Uh, you've seen this happen in the car industry, right? which is why every car company is trying to figure this out. Um, and, and so, you know, it's pretty simple. The subscription-based business model is not about taking a product that you have and then selling it over time, right? Letting people rent the product. The subscription-based business model is about turning your customers into subscribers. Every company has customers. Every company has to stop thinking about their customers simply as somebody who's buying their product on the other side. Often, you know, you don't even know who they are, right? They're buying at the store. They're buying at the dealers. Um, and every company has to say, with digital technologies today, I can actually know what my customers. Think about this: every physical product is 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 being built today and sold today, connected to the internet, right? Your your vacuum cleaner connected to the internet, your 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 washing machine, your your car, your million dollar medical scanner, your your caterpillar excavator, and so there's that moment, and you know the SaaS companies take it for granted now. But I'll go back to 1989. It's 1999. You know, we're sitting around Salesforce and we push out our first release ever of Salesforce, uh, you know, release 104, I think it what it was, right? And it was, um, it was, it was, you know, it was probably beta. And we realized that, look, this is just the way it works. We shouldn't even call it beta. And, you know, the next day we started looking at the servers and we actually see, see what our customers were doing. And to any software developer up till then, then that was impossible. Right, Intuit used to have to follow you home to see what you did with their software. That's right? a very famous thing that they used to do um, because you just didn't know. And all of a sudden we can actually see. And so you start obsessing about it, right? It's like, well, why aren't these customers logged in? How come these customers are not creating contacts? How come these customers aren't creating reports? I remember we called one customer up and we said, like, you're actually using the product wrong. And, and the customer's like, well, why are you calling me? I never called the support department. This is like inverse support, right? And so you start investing, you start changing everything you're doing based around that. And this is the SaaS industry today, right? This is why there's agile development. This is why you collect all this data about your customers. You look at usage, all that kind of stuff. Now imagine you're a car manufacturer. And for the first time, you're like, oh, that's how my drivers are actually driving. These group of people are actually commuting to work. These people are, are, are taking their kids to, to the soccer field, right? Gosh, there's a big, big variety of differences. And then you start to think about the medical scanner engineer that says, you know, that these doctors are using my product incorrectly. 
<laughs> you know, and, 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 and I got to teach him how to use my product in the way that I designed it. Gosh, I got to design it better. Maybe I should just take away some of the complexity and just do it myself. Right. And so every single physical product, washing machines, bicycles, cars, they're all going to go through the same exact journey that software industry has gone through over the last 20 years. And so you're just going to see that you're going to see the whole physical world world wake up and basically get merged into the digital world, into these broader subscription services. This is essentially what Uber is, right? Bringing all the cars into the digital economy. And, and, and so it's going to happen. It's going to happen in every single industry. What advice would you give to uh, those that are listening that are looking to start their kind of SaaS or subscription business uh, today? Yeah, I, I think um, I think there's so many lessons about SaaS. I mean, it's such a rich body of, of material that you can just see out there, right? We had none of this stuff at Salesforce, so so you know we were inventing all these things, um, but. But because we had to invent all these things, like we, we, we pave new paths, we pave new trails. And so, you know, my advice for anybody that, that's starting something is to say, look, be careful about simply replicating the past, right? Because if you replicate the past, you know, you'll be average. And so you know, progress is always happening. Technology is always going forward, right? What are the next things, right? How can you reinvent the SaaS industry, right? What is the next big thing that, that's out there? That, 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 that you're tapping into and to be the company that figures that out, right, will vault you into a leadership position. And so don't, don't lose the essence of innovation. Don't lose the essence of finding the next thing, right, that, that really makes up our industry. We always ask our guests a uh, final question of how they stay healthy and sane. So keen to learn uh, your way. How I stay healthy and sane. Um, look, um, you know, st st startups, uh, are are certainly uh, a roller coaster, right? I think one of my VCs used to like to use the phrase "the violence of a startup," right? Just to paint this imagery of like, you know, ocean waves crashing against the rocks, right? It's it's and so so it, you're gonna have ups and downs, and you got to keep an even keel, right? Sometimes the way I, I think about this is 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 last man standing. Right. Is, is, is there's something about the subscription business model where you have some level of resiliency. I'll tell you a story. Uh, you know, Dan Springer, who was the CEO of DocuSign, he was previously CEO of Responses. We were a Responses customer at Salesforce and ultimately, you know, Oracle bought them. And when Dan Springer took over, I was a CMO at the time. So he came to say, you know, so yes, as a customer. And he told me that Responses had just gone through a tough phase. And they spent three years and had not signed on a single new customer. I mean, that would have destroyed like 90% like of the businesses. But because the product was sticky, you know, you know, we used it as Salesforce back then. I think their revenues went from something like 20 million, 19 million to 18 million. So, you know, they had a little bit of a decline, but he was able to take that business, transform it, you know, it rocketed to $100 million, went public and ultimately got sold to Oracle. And so there's a resiliency to this business model if you, if you, if you do it right, if you focus on your customers, if you focus on stickiness, and so, so if you stick with it and continue to figure out, you can navigate yourself into, into, into a really good place. And so, um, and so don't, you know, don't, don't lessen the ups, lessen the downs and be more even keeled about this, right? And, and just, just, just be smart you know, about how you do things and then find balance. Ultimately, you know, the way to, the way to work through a, a roller coaster situation or the, you know, the violence of a startup situation is to have that, 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 that balance. I remember another time 
you know, I want to, you know, advise you mentoring a lot of younger founders. There's um, uh, one person I met with on a quarterly basis. We grabbed coffee. I looked at his face. I was like, yeah, you know, let's, let's just take this coffee for a walk. And we went around for a two hour walk. And, um, and I want to just talking about like, you know, how's going your personal life and what's going on. Right. And just, just to kind of get him out of that moment and realize that, look, no matter how bad things are, things aren't as bad as it seems to be. Right. Things are as good as it seems to be. And just, be more even keeled about it and make sure you have uh, you also have a life outside of work. On that note, uh, uh, and Sage Advice, um, I'd like to thank you, uh, Tinzu CEO, uh, Azora, for being great guests on the SaaS Revolution show uh, and really looking forward to your, your talk at SaaS Talk uh, next week. Uh, yeah, do, me too. Uh, what will you be uh, talking about? I think you're, you're joined by uh, Richard uh, Waters, is that correct? Yeah, I think Richard, uh, I'm not sure. Richard's uh, one of the best reporters out there. He's, I'm sure he's going to ask a bunch of great questions. And I think it'd be a great show. I encourage everybody to, 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 to tune in. Thanks so much. We're looking forward to that. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you learned something from it, check out sasdoc.com forward slash events to find all the upcoming SaaS Doc conferences around the world.